Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. I'm Ethan Millard filling in for Boyd today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And thanks for all your calls and texts so far. You can always drop me a text at 575-00. And I'd love to hear from you, read those texts. And um, I'll tell you, uh, you may have noticed bats out in your neighborhood. I have them in my neighborhood. And and I honestly think the bats are one of the cooler things about my neighborhood. We got them flying around, flapping around. I love that they eat insects. I love that they're bats. And um, right now, this season is when the baby bats, which are incidentally called pups, little bat pups, are learning to fly. And so they leave their roost for the first time and start flying around. So you might see an increase in bats around, especially if you happen to have bats on your property, roosting on your property. We have the Mammals Conservation Coordinator for the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources uh, with us right now. Uh, Her name is Kimberly Hersey. Kimberly, thanks so much for joining us today. Afternoon. Now, Kimberly, um, uh, people are discovering that they have bats. And I know you guys deal with this. What do you recommend is, and I, I want to share with you my, my story about the bat that was at my house. But what do okay. you recommend? Let's say, let's say a family finds bats, maybe in the attic, maybe somewhere else. What's, your fir- what's the first thing they need to do? Well, the first thing you need to do is just figure out the nature of your problem. Or is it, you know, just one bat hanging around inside, one bat or two outside, or do you have a roost up in your attic? Mm. And how you deal with those three problems are, are quite a bit different. So how do you know if you have a roost in your attic? Do you need to see them, or are there things you hear, or heaven forbid, smell? Yeah, you might hear a little bit of scratching going on, uh, smell them, and if you uh, hang around outside of, at dusk, you may be able to see them exiting from from the house. From the house. All right, so let me tell you what happened to me, okay? I had a bat that was, it was hanging out at night. It was never there during the day, but it was hanging out at night on the bricks, it would cling to the bricks, up tucked up in my front porch in a little spot. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to figure it out. But um, he never he never stayed over or he never stayed there during the day. He was only there at night. He's not necessarily a problem for me, is he? Yeah, that was probably a nice roosting bat. You know, like people, you go out, you have a meal, you're tired afterwards, you'll hang out someplace, rest, digest, and 
oftentimes make a mess in those places, which can bother people. So if you just have a bat roosting on a, a porch or outside like a night roost like that, if it's bothering you, you can put some balloons up there or streamers, anything that will sort of hang from the ceiling and blow in the wind. And that usually takes care of the problem. I uh, I used a flashlight. I took a small flashlight and I pointed it up into the corner where he liked to hang out. And that did it. It drove him away. He didn't want to hang out in the in the light. Yep, just make him a little bit uncomfortable. Um, the problem that I had with it is its droppings. And this is the only reason why I did something about it is because the ants were going crazy for the droppings. And I just felt like that was something that I wanted, didn't want to have collect, you know, around the house. But some people can see real property damage from these bats. Uh, if you get enough numbers, yeah, you can have problems. So at what point do you, do you need to contact a, a professional for the bats? Or how do you, know, you? I mean, you, is this something your office can take care of or where do we go? Uh, you know, if you've got a large number of bats that are roosting in your house and you don't want them there, uh, there are professionals that will help you out with it because uh, it does require uh, sort of some work on the house, which isn't our specialty. Oh, okay. I get uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, um, there are ways to put up uh, exclusions so that the bats can get out and, and not get back in. And um, also making sure that all the little cracks and crevices are sealed up so the bats don't come back. Um, the hardest thing about that, mm-hmm. though, is, is during the summertime, you often have situations where mothers might have pups in, in the, the house. So you have to deal with that very carefully. And, and it's if you seal up, if the mother leaves, you seal it up, then the pups die. Exactly. But, it can go very badly. You know, first and foremost, the pups die, which is not something we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, you end up with angry mothers trying to get back to their pups. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's oftentimes where we see situations where you get bats in living areas, which we always want to prevent. And, and finally, yeah. if you've got mm-hmm. dead bats, you get the smell too. So yeah. we really need to wait until um, mid to late August to do that kind of work when the pups are able to fly out on their own. And then you can shoo them all out of the all out of the attic, and then and then button it up, make sure they can't get back in. Uh, you know, yeah, but, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Uh, no, just making sure that you know you're putting a one way uh, device where the bats can get out and not get back in, and leave it up over a few days and seal it up. Correct. And and if you just, my understanding is one of the best ways to do that is, is to just make a cone of chicken wire. Because they can come down through the cone and out, but can't go back up through it. Exactly. That will work. Or I've even seen where you can take a plastic bag and tape it on three sides and they go out and just can't find their way back in. Um, now, we know that the bats can uh, can damage property, things like that. And some people are creeped out by them. Are there health risks to having bats roosting in your home? Or having bats around. I mean, I know that, you know, some people think when they think of bats, they think of rabies, you know, getting bitten, things like that. Is that a realistic fear when you've got bats around? You know, bats in Utah can carry rabies. And unfortunately, there was a mortality of a couple of years back. So we really stress never, never touch bats um, unless you're wearing super thick gloves. And, and again, you, you want to make sure that you're you're minimizing that contact. If you were to have any situation where you think you were scratched or, or bitten, contact the health department and, and they would help you through that. 
Unfortunately, there are very effective vaccines that can be given after a a rabies exposure. And so as long as um, um, we're following first avoiding contact and if there were contact doing what needs to be done, we can prevent that disease. Uh, And then I, I noticed also in your notes that, you know, in the articles that uh, that your your office has put out on this, that if you do have to kind of usher them out personally, right, if they're not leaving on their, them on their own, you get a big thick pair of gloves or or get it into a box. You recommend putting it up in a tree or somewhere up high. Can Forgive my ignorance, but can bats not take off from the ground? Do they have to get up on something in order to fly? Um, most bats can take off from the ground, but it's a whole lot easier to to take off from a tree. Plus, you know, in a tree, they can hang out there for a little bit Last, uh, yeah, and be out of the way so so no other animals can get to them. All right. Uh, Kimberly Hersey is the Mammals Conservation Coordinator for the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. She's been chatting with us about bats. Uh, you might see an increased number of bats around your neighborhood, especially because the pups are now getting out and flying around and learning how to forage and hunt and things like that. And and is when you have bats uh, roosting in one place, do the pups hang around and does that just grow or do they tend to go off and split off and start new colonies? Um, bats are, are generally pretty tr- traditional and they'll go back to a spot. Um, mm-hmm. The females all hang together in these maternity colonies, but the the males will go off and have their bachelor roost. So during the summer, you often won't have the males and females hanging together. But if you have a colony, you know, bats will likely come back to it year after year. Okay, so it's something to it's something to get uh, tied up uh, and and get buttoned down in your in your attic if you've got that happening. So. All right. uh, Kimberly, thanks so much for joining us. Well done. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All right, we've got to grab a quick break here. When we come back, we're moving from bats to blood. It's a weird process how we got here. We're going to talk about blood platelets and blood platelet donations. We can't get them from bats. PETA won't let us get them from bats. We've got to go straight to the source at humans. Uh, We'll be right back. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.